Hello and welcome to another episode of More Than Beauty with Daniel Mason Jones. On today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to someone that is not only an amazing artist, but to me is one of the most incredible human beings. When you look around the world that we live in today and you see all the things that are going on or maybe that are going wrong, I think of the people that make me feel the best. This is somebody that always brings a smile to my face, makes me feel better. And I can just glance over at his Instagram or social media and instantly feel better. So Robert Santana is gonna be joining us today. He is an amazing hairstylist, salon owner, and artist with Matrix. Uh, welcome today, Robert, how are you? I am great. I feel like I should say, hey, DMJ, who is that? Who are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking Thanks, about you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, isn't it funny how people sometimes don't see their uh, what they do for other people? Oh my gosh. So it's funny because as you're saying that, um, we don't see ourselves that way. So just to throw that right out the gate, it's like, you know, when you hear the acknowledgement from other people and just, just simply the way they see you, the way you make them feel, uh, it's just simply amazing. And I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for that because um, it's, a, it's a boost to the energy and to and to the individual. So this individual is saying thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're so amazing. I was trying to, as I was preparing, getting questions together for today, of course, I was excited that we actually had this time together. Um, in the middle of a day is so rare for both of us, I know. Um, I was like, what do I ask him? And then as I was going through, like going back through your social media, I was like, how did we even get to know each other? It was kind of a funny thing because you're one of those people, and I know you and I both are like, we're definitely people, people, right? Yes. I feel like I've known you for a thousand years, and I know that's not the case. And um, the other thing is that we've only physically met really in person one time. And um, it, it's just one of those things. There's so many common commonalities that you and I share, our passions for others, our passion for serving, our passion for education. So uh, yeah, let's, let's go back to how I guess you and I first came about becoming friends and, and where we are and all that fun stuff. You know, it, it, it's funny to, to almost like, uh, to pin it, right? Because I, I um, first of all, I've always been an admirer of your work, number one, right? So thank you to those digitized platforms, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, I was always completely in awe of your work and who you are as a person, number one. Number two, we automatically connected really well because if someone doesn't know who uh, Daniel Mason Jones is, he is that person who genuinely, if he says, I'll respond to a message, that's you, my friend, as well. So that was the catalyst that really took the friendship to where it needed to be. And here's the interesting part, Daniel, is that I feel that from the moment, just in conversation, and now we're talking digital, we had not even seen each other, you and I just connected at, you know, such a different level. Uh, like the connection was always there. Like it's, it's almost surreal. It's almost like when I finally got to see you in person, which we'll talk about in a few seconds, it's like I fell to the same point, like I knew you, like there was this, this amazing bond and this connection at a different level that completely uh, surpasses or surpassed, I should say my expectations. And then furthermore, when we finally were able to connect in that city that we were together, I believe, was it Washington, Daniel? Was it I Washington? I think, I don't even know. I, oh I just know it was so crazy. I remember the airport was massive. <laughs> oh yeah, so we were connecting, we were both doing programs, we were gonna be at different locations, 
But um, we finally had an opportunity and, you know, I'm a firm believer of energy, right? The energy that you give out, the energy that you push out, the energy that just simply from just standing there and just being a person, um, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm strong on that. And just automatically meeting you in the airport physically. And when I say meeting, I mean, I mean just the body, right? Because yes. I felt like I had already known you. So it was just unlike, I mean, you and I, I mean, you know, we went to dinner, we were chatting it up. We couldn't stop talking. At all. Besides an amazing dinner. <laughs> the food was insane. It, it's what were the chances that we would both land at the same time at the same airport, right? Yes. That was kind of crazy too. Yes. Um, it's funny how universe or God or whatever people believe in that's higher than them. It's funny how that all works. Um, but I do believe energy plays a large role in that, in, in that, you know, people that, that emit great energy all the time, I feel like they kind of attract that back. So um, thank you for that. And, it's, and thank you for all the kind words. You're very, very, very nice to say what you said. Um, and I, we have been at shows together. You teach or prior to us not traveling this year because of the COVID, um, you would travel all over the United States and even the world and myself too. So we had to have passed each other so many times. But as you know, the shows are so busy. Um, we're being knocked off one stage and put onto the other stage and hoping to grab a bite of food somewhere in that day. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but your work is so incredible. You're so inspiring. Your color that you do, um, the style, the artistry behind everything. You can tell there's so much passion. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast that are not even in this industry. And I always say, you'll find some takeaway from that. But there's also going to be a lot of uh, people that are just starting in beauty. And so to have someone like you to look up to your work. And also what's so cool about you is that you're bilingual. So you're able to hit two different audiences there. Um, I do speak a little bit of Spanish, but obviously I'm not fluent. So um, what is that like for you being able to really juggle two different audiences? I am so fortunate. I am so fortunate. You know, I am, um, and we were just talking, you know, being uh, raised in New York City, but I left. I left for five years. I went to Puerto Rico and I went to school there. I went to college there and, um, you know, you put my siblings in the same room and their Spanish is so broken. It's, it's pitiful, right? And I, I'm like, how lucky am I? And then I live in this world that's kind of bilateral in a way because I, I can think in Spanish for certain things. I live in, in a completely, I'm, hello, I'm in Brooklyn, you know? Like yeah. it doesn't get more, more, should I say more New York? More New York. <laughs> <laughs> more New York than that, right? It's funny because I'm always like, enunciation, pronunciation as a speaker, I'm always so worried about that, that yes. people are, you know, kind of like stereotyping. But you know, here's the thing. A couple of years ago, I was in California and I was doing a program and I went into Starbucks to ask for a cup of coffee. Um, when I said coffee, I don't know how I said it. I must've said it really quickly. And she says, are you from New York City? And I said, yes. And here came the filter of the language. And I think that she picked up on from where I was. And I felt intimidated by that. But through the years, I'm like, I'm so proud uh, to be Latino, to be bilingual, to be the person that I am. And I wouldn't change that. And I know that, you know, we can live in these worlds of uncertainty mentally mm -hmm. that kind of take the best of us in so many ways. But I, listen, I gave that up. I hung up that jacket a long time ago <laughs> and I'm not wearing it. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's funny. I secretly always wanted to be a Latino. So when I was 14 years old, 
I, uh, we were in a, a store and I actually made my mom purchase a book. It was a Spanish dictionary. And she's like, why do you want this? I'm like, because I want to speak Spanish. So I would memorize one page a day of vocabulary and I had no idea how to conjugate verbs or form sentences at all. So yo tengo muchas palabras y nada más. <laughs> I had all these <laughs> words and I'm like, okay, now what do I do with these? So um, I finally got the opportunity to take Spanish in high school and uh, I was able to excel pretty quickly with that. So kind of cool. I wish that I were, I need to dedicate more time to being bilingual because there's an audience out there that needs oh, yes. the message that I want to share. So that needs you, Daniel, that needs you because you're so amazing. And we've sure. had the opportunity to exchange conversations in Spanish. Right. And yeah. I think, you know, the world can totally use a, a Latino Daniel. Maybe we should team up and do something really cool together. <laughs> I think that'd be great. So let great. me ask you, how did you even become a stylist? What, what was your journey that made you who you are today? Oh my gosh, are you ready? It's a long story. I love it. <laughs> how did I um, become a stylist? Okay, so the need. The need for survival. The need for uh, having a better living. I, um, you know, being in New York City, after coming back from Puerto Rico, I mean, I was super young in my 20s, right? And I was working at this actor's club in New York City in Gramercy Park called the uh, Players Club. And I would do these private parties for actors. And the parties would end at like 12.30, 1 o'clock. I had to be in school the next morning because I had gotten into a fellowship program at Hunter. Another story, second part of my life. <laughs> and I got into this fellowship program. And I had to be up early in the morning. And it was awful. I hated to smell like grease. I hated waiting tables. It wasn't me, but I enjoyed the money, right? Right. In the middle of this transfer, I meet an amazing person. Um, his name is Nelson, who is still a great friend. And he goes, um, hey, listen, why don't you come into my salon Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays, three days out of the week, and you can help me out. You can wash hair. You can do this. You can kind of like the gopher, right? That's how I right. felt in the moment. You know, I, didn't, I couldn't see the bigger picture, right. and I couldn't see where life was taking me on that journey. And so I did. Daniel, there has not been a turning point since. I fell in love with the industry, the people of the industry, what the industry has to offer. And listen, I love a good conversation. So being a talker was not a problem. So I, <laughs> I fit like a glove. <laughs> I think that's amazing. And, you know, something you said there about not being able to see the bigger picture. I think so many people, like I said, there's going to be all types who will listen to this podcast and it's also going to be uh, visual over on YouTube. There's gonna be a lot of people that will, that will actually get this. And yeah. um, I think a lot of people don't see the bigger picture sometimes, you know, we have to take a bird's eye view, step back and really look at like what, what what's going to be. I in a million years would have never thought, first of all, that I'd be a hairdresser. Second of yeah. all, that I would, that you could even make money as a stylist or be successful. Isn't that that crazy? It's amazing. And then to take it to the next level yeah. of being able to do what we do with education. I think that's. Sure. No, it, it's, it's completely mind blowing. I, I think that, um, you know, in the beginning, let me tell you in the beginning of my career, I was kind of embarrassed to tell people I was a, a hairstylist. I, I was embarrassed to tell people I did hair for a living. And um, it's almost like, Culturally, as a Latino, um, listen, I have a background in special education. So by the way, that's, that's my background. So that's why I started the story of Hunter, right? But um, for my parents, it was almost like shameful because they couldn't understand that someone with my education 
um, the child that they brought up in, an, in, a, in a culture that could not see a man, a boy, or whatever you want to call it, because that's stupid in my mind if you think about it, right? Right. Daniel, my mom, I mean, I wish I had her next to me right now, like doing hair, what people felt ashamed, what I felt ashamed has given me the best of the best that life can offer. An amazing salon, my children, my home, my travels, my lifestyle. Are you kidding me? And <laughs> I'm amazing. happy. I'm happy with what I do. I'm happy doing what I do. So it doesn't and what more could you ask for in life than to be happy? You know, I think yes. the fact that you talked about your children there for a second, it's, you know, us parents, the only thing that we want is for our children, number one, to be healthy and safe, but to be happy. And whatever that looks like, I, I've made a, a very big like decision before I decided to even become a father that um, my kid, no matter at the time, I didn't know what gender we were having, but he's a boy. Um, no matter who he becomes, as long as he's a good person that is happy and lives his life, I don't care. You know, I want him to have a nice GPA, of course, and um, whatever opportunities through life, but just be a great human being. Absolutely. I think that as a, as a parent, you know, uh, funny that you just happened to, to say that is that you want the best of the best for, um, for your children, right? And, yeah. um, you know, it's, I'm gonna share a story. I haven't shared this with anyone in a really long time. Wow, you just took me there. <laughs> you know, I hadn't, um, Daniel, I had not journaled uh, since I was in college, number one. Right. In 2019, I had a meeting uh, at the corporate offices at Hudson Yards and, um, I walked in there with my journal and um, someone said, oh, you're journaling. I said, yes, I'm getting ready for 2020 because 20, 2020 is, is a year of vision. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a lot of changes, and a lot of things that are happening. Um, and it's going to be a transformative year. And I, my journal says transformative 2020 year of vision. And um, I knew this was going to be an interesting year, right? So getting back to um, getting back to what I was saying, um, when I was in college, I knew I was going to be a parent. I knew I was going to be a dad. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote about it. I wrote about it back then. So all of these emotions, when I started to journal again now in 19, until the beginning of 20, started to resurface, you know, the resurfacing of, of those things that you have in mind that become like files archived in our memories that, um, that never really leave, that just become there, become dormant, and just came out. And I think that really helped me in, in this transition of where we're all at, because this is not where Robert is or where Daniel is, this is where we're all are as humans, right? And, um, you know, journaling really helped me. But as a parent, you know, we want the best of the best for our children. And I wrote so much about my children because it brought me so much joy. And through all my travels and even during the birth of my children, I only spent two weeks at most with each of them. Right. So thank you, COVID, exactly. for this time because I spent four months, 113 days straight making dinners. I felt like I was running a restaurant, but you know what? <laughs> it was the best 113 straight days of my life with them because it really 
really gave me an opportunity to, to really say, okay, I've spent the time, I'm a parent. And that doesn't even put a, a dent into the time that I want to spend with them. Exactly. And it's, it's amazing. I love that you said that because a lot of people have focused so much on the negative sides of this year. And I personally believe there are so many winning opportunities. Family time has been number one, uh, being Absolutely. able to sit down, you know, we, we hairdressers, we never sit down. I was like, <laughs> I felt like we don't know how to idle. I've I was like, said, do we go to the chiropractor? Uh, something's wrong with my spine. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't understand this not standing up 13 hours a day. Yes. Uh, let me ask you, who influences you? Oh my gosh, you influence me, Daniel. You're one of those people. Yes, you're one of you're those people. You're way uh, too kind and generous. No, I'm being, I'm being true. You know, here's the thing. I'm at, I'm at a point in my, in my, my life and my career as a person, I have no time for fluff. Fluff yeah. belongs in a jar, right? Um, <laughs> yes, or a sandwich. <laughs> oh, they're really good. Fluff sandwiches so good. are really good. But, um, you know, I'm, you know, if you really don't inspire me, if you don't motivate me, as you say, Daniel, being surrounded by those five people next to you that really take the best of the best out of you, yes. there's time. There is no time. There is no time for that because... Listen, perfect example, look at the times that we're living, right? So whether it's this time or that time, we all have a contract to fulfill in life. Mm. So which part of that contract do you want to fulfill? And I know where I'm going. Where are you going is a question, you know? So my God, um, that was powerful. We have a contract to fulfill. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's another podcast. <laughs> it's true. So I'm going to get a little personal on you. What is yes. your biggest fear? Like, what is your biggest fear in life? Um, failure. Failure. You know why I say that is because I have high expectations of myself. Yes. You know, I, I left my home very early on. You know, I have a 529 for my children. I have uh, college funds for them. I have savings for them. I didn't have that. You yeah. know, I didn't have that. Um, you know, and I'm not, I was ashamed of saying that in the beginning. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm a self-made man. Mm. I'm, I owe everything to myself and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of having that opportunity. And, you know, I, I, I'm just super grateful to life for that. And for those moments and those opportunities that come every single day, because here's the thing, even in the middle of a pandemic and not to reroute from the conversation, right. there is always an opportunity. There's always an option. There's always how do, you show, how do you show up for it? How do you, you know what? And showing up doesn't mean financial. Exactly. It can be mentally. It can be spiritually. It just, whatever you want it to be, because can, we can go deep into this. And I'm just, you know, trying to be as superficial as I possibly can. So how do you show up? Yeah. And, and we all have that opportunity every day. You know, people, people exist versus live. And I because I'm big into finances, I love to save money. I love to invest money. I love to invest in real estate. I'm kind of a nerd, I guess. But so many people are focused on their will. You know, when, when we talk about getting ready for your financial situation, they're focused on their will. They're focused on dying. They're focused on death. Rarely do people focus on living. And every day, the gift that we're given is life. Yes. Show up for it. And I, going back to the contract, it's like you have you have your end of the contract to live up to. We've been given all these opportunities. We're given water and air and food and clothing. We have all of these things. 
what are we going to do to show up for our end of the contract? That is powerful, my friend. <laughs> yes. Listen, I um, think that we're all, we all have a contract, right? But you said something to me that's really important. You know, I do have to adjust my will, by the way. Um, wills are really important, but that's just are. a superficial part of it. It's like I tell my parents, you know, they moved, they relocated, they're in Florida now. And I said, listen, it's important, guys, that all your paperwork is in place because it's part of, you know, who you are and being organized. And we were talking about me and failing and not being there and not having, and it, it all comes back to who I am. That circle always comes whole. And yeah. failing, not being set in finances, um, you know, it's funny. Um, I have an aunt that I was super close to, right? And I always wish that she would still be here. And when she passed, um, I prepared everything for her wake. And um, I felt sad because I said, um, at her wake, I did part of the eulogy and I said, it's sad that she left with unfinished business because I know mm. she had so much more to do. And that's the message that I had because I knew in the moment through our conversations that there was so much more to her um, that was there to give. And she was the mother figure to me more than my own mother. She was there and I valued her so much that it was unfinished on our end too because I felt like we had so much more to do. Mm -hmm. um, and during the pandemic, I thought of her so much and I, I called up my cousin um, and I was sharing that with her because I broke down one day and I said, I miss her. I miss her voice. I wish that she was still here for my children. But the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about this is that I miss the body, but I have the beautiful memories that I spent with her. So that was the gift. That is totally a gift, you know, and, and that's something that that's another conversation, you know, um, the spirit connection, when you're connected to something that lives forever, the, the body sure. will go away, of course, but the spirit's forever. And, and I think that's such a wonderful thing to look at life that way. Even, even losing my dad, um, he's not here. And of course, I would love for him to see all the things that have happened uh, over the past 12 years. It's been some significant milestones, having a child obviously being the biggest but, you know, I, I can't have those conversations. But in, in my mind, I do. I'm like, are you, Dad? <laughs> are you around me? Yes. Um, so that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. What, what would be like your ultimate goal in your life? I, I don't even know how old you are, but like, what is your ultimate goal? I know your family is so important to you, but what is your, your biggest goal? You know, I'm, I'm in transition right now. I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a new growing stage. Um, I think that where I'm at, um, about a year or two ago, I, I started this. It's, it's, I'm in transition. I'm in, I'm in growing pains right now. So I'm in the legacy and the passing of the torch and where I want to go, what I want to leave. And when I say legacy, I'm not just saying for my family and my children, I'm talking about the legacy that I want to leave behind for our industry and why I say that I should have turned off the notifications and it's too late because I don't want to throw this off. So <laughs> if you see me leaning over and doing that, it's because I failed to, um, to do that in the beginning. So my apologies, right? It's all good. Um, but I, I'm, I'm about what I'm leaving behind, uh, the, the story, uh, the, the, the way, you know, everyone always puts on social media, live, leave this industry in a better place than you found it, right? Yes. Yes. I, I found a lot of greatness in this industry, but this industry is always is, is grown and is even better now. And I want to leave it even in a better place. And, and I know that I can. Um, and I'm working hard at it right now. Um, I'm working, you know, so much has happened. In the middle of the pandemic, Robert's like, 
like a Lego piece, like going in a million different directions. And that's, you know, talk about change and, and leaving behind. I'm getting ready. So I'm in the middle of, of preparedness. <laughs> I love that. I think it's so important, you know, um, and it, it, with me looking at you right now on Zoom, I'm looking at your salon. It is so beautiful, the space behind you. <laughs> Let me ask you, switching, switching gears a little bit, what is your favorite, like what kind of fuels you? Is it cut, is it color? I'm selfish, Daniel. I am so <laughs> selfish. <laughs> what fuels me? The entire story, the entire picture. I, you know, it's like people say, well, how do you start, a, how do you start something? I'm like, with an end in mind. I start with the end and then I backtrack. I start going backwards, right? And um, these notifications are killing me. So, I start backwards again, as I said, I like to think of the bigger picture. So I'm selfish in the sense that I love the story of the color. I live, I love to give life to hair, um, whatever it is. That canvas is, is, is a story. It's, it's a conversation. Um, um, there's so much that goes beyond a tube of color um, for me, right? And then I love to put the hair because it's like putting the stamp on it. Yes. And I always tell my, my team, the team that I'm mentoring here in my studio, the, the apprentices, I'm like, it doesn't matter how good of a colorist you are. It doesn't matter how good of a cutter you are. You have to put the icing on the cake. So that finish has to be polished, has to be beautiful because you're not doing color. You're working on the emotion of that person. So literally that whole time, you are literally touching and tapping their emotion because here's the thing. When you're doing hair, Two things will happen. Either you're going to make them feel like shit, sorry, at the end because they hated your work, right? Yes. Or you're going to, they're going to automatically sit up, pout, and their demeanor just changes because you just made them feel the best of the best that they can feel. And to do that, and Daniel, we do that every single day of our lives. Isn't that amazing? It's one of the most powerful feelings to know that we, we can bring happiness that quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, saying quickly, you look at any other industry in the world, even if you're a realtor, that's fine. You get to help somebody get their first home or their dream home, but it takes months. Sometimes you've got all this daunting, like paperwork and all the, the loans and approvals uh, and pre-qualifications. We just, they sit down in the chair and we literally, we, we listen to them. Yes. We love them, we serve them, and we give them our, our creative artistry. It's such an amazing thing that we get to do. Really yeah, is. totally. Every time I think, I'm like, when will I retire? Like physically, I, I feel- Ooh, that's a hard one. It when is. When will you retire, Daniel? Have you thought about that? I have. I actually was uh, working on something this morning. I think 55 is my okay. number. And so that's 13 years from now. Um, okay. I don't want to do this forever. I love being yeah. a hairdresser. I'll stay in the industry in some capacity. But um, physically, I don't know that my body, I don't want to do this to my body another 20 years, um, yes. you know, which is, which is pretty amazing. So if you could change one thing, whether it's in our industry, whether it's in the world, whatever, what would that one thing be? If you had the power to change one thing? Wow. That's a um, big one. And I'm not going to say world peace because we all know that we're, this is not a pageant, right? I, I, think that, <laughs> I think that ship has sailed, sadly. <laughs> oh, that ship went in another different direction, but that's another, another conversation. <laughs> you know what? If I can change one thing, you know what would be amazing um, is when I started hairdressing. If we had, if I had, you had, the technological advances that we have today 
Oh my gosh. Can you imagine where Daniel would be? Can you imagine where I would be today? Yes. We would have been retired. (laughs) Maybe. You know, do you ever really think about that? It's like if we would have had Instagram and social media, like you, I've always had a really solid book. Um, Would we have gone farther? And then was this the journey that we were supposed to take? You know, I I question that. I'm like, am I, do we appreciate where we are because we had to work the way that we did to get to where we are? Yeah, it's part of that contract, Daniel. This the contract. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So I see you as this guy that's amazing. I saw you on the street uh, the other week in New York. You're out there, um, like you were doing hair, I think, on the street, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which was pretty powerful. And and obviously because the time that we live in, you kept such like this this disposition about you. It was alive. And I was like, this is this is exactly him. This guy is so happy. Like to be able to walk by you on the street that morning would have made anybody's day. Um, do you ever feel stuck or do you ever have days that you feel that you just want to kind of throw in the towel? Yes, 100%. Listen, I think we all do. Um, here's, here's what I find fascinating, right? Social media paints this beautiful picture, um, that we'll all have the perfect life. Heck no, I don't have the perfect life. I got up this morning at quarter to six this morning to give my son a bath, to make pancakes, to walk my dog. (laughs) And then I had to get ready myself and then I had to change my plates because I got a ticket the other way. So we can go down a rabbit hole really quickly, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> but here's, here's the thing, we're all human, right? And we can have off days and we're entitled to that. Yes. But I try to be as positive as I possibly can uh, because the words, the words that come out of our mouths the energy that comes out of our bodies, right? Sometimes, listen, you don't even have to say it. I'll give you a perfect example and I'm gonna segue back into this. We had a guest walk into the uh, the salon. She passed me, the second she passed me, oh my gosh, I stopped what I was doing and I turned and I said, oh my gosh, this is not good. This is not gonna go well. This is, and I told my receptionist immediately, Daniel, yes, that's exactly how it happened. Mm. I called it. I felt it and you know, these, these things don't happen to me often, but yeah. enough, right? So we're human. We can all go into the rabbit hole of, of emotion, exactly. but I think that, you know, being the better part of your own, being your own cheerleader, cheerleader to mm-hmm. your own self, because otherwise, listen, some people are going to be there to cheer us, but you have to be your own best fan. So. Yeah. It's true. And days, there are days that it's so hard. And I think that's one of the things when you look at people like you, um, you know, we're looking in and it does seem perfect. It seems like you have an amazing world. I know it's been so hard for you being in New York um, with everything that's happened this year. There's been a lot of things ha- happen yeah. and that have been a threat to your business and you've kept, you've kept positive. So I admire that about you. And I love that you're human and you're vulnerable and you're just telling it like it is. Um, and I told you when we started recording this podcast, I was like, I never edit my podcast. I don't want to edit them. They're going to be raw. They're real. So if somebody sneezes, <laughs> if yeah, somebody it's... falls out in the background, whatever, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> it's like live TV. <laughs> so what would you tell your younger self? If you could give your younger self any advice in the world, knowing what you know now, what would it be? Oh, Daniel, I can, I have, well, three things that I, that I would have wish I would have done different that I kicked myself for. Um, this might sound crazy to a lot of people out there. I wanted to join the military. I didn't. I went and tested, but I, I was too focused on school 
so I didn't join the military. So that, that was, that's my number one setback. Uh, the number uh, two setback is uh, the fact that I didn't start my career path sooner than later. And when I say career path, I don't mean beauty. I mean the educational piece of it because I love it. But you know what? Things are supposed to happen when they're, when they're going to happen. And here's a why. I had to go through special education. I had to go through college. I had to go through all those things. I had to uh, uh, have those downfall spirals to make me who I am so I can appreciate and then I can pass the torch of where I am today with the legacy and all that other stuff. So those are the things that I would change. And the last but not least, that I would invest it more into real estate, especially in this community in Park Slope in Brooklyn. It's changed uh, so much. Um, I mean, right now I can't even afford it. I mean, everything is in the millions. So just to give you a picture, um, this is a very affluent neighborhood. Um, yeah. So a home, and I'm talking about a brownstone building, you probably say, ill, that's ugly. That's attached to another building with two windows in the front and two in the back goes for $5.5 million starting. Yes. And you have to wow. put motion to it. Exactly. So I wish that I can tell my younger self, darn it, I wish you would have invested. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. But hey, I've invested in other ways. I have exactly. my home. I've had other homes in Florida. So I've done other things for me. But listen, it's who I am. It was my journey. It was what was supposed to happen. Exactly. And I think when you're aware of that, it brings, it brings a sense of peace. One thing that we, we all wish we would have known, you know, back in 2007 to 2009 is I wish I would have had more liquid AKA cash yes, yes. Um, to have purchased and bought up every property around because we've seen what's happening now. Crazy enough. You can't even get property here in Georgia where we live because New yes. York is moving here. Yes. Um, it's bizarre. Like people, our homes are not even for, there's nothing on the inventory and people are literally like driving their golf carts through communities saying, Hey, I'll give you X amount of dollars for your home. It's yes. pretty crazy um, how things are happening right now. So as we start to wrap this up, what is, what is something that always makes you smile? One thing that you can look to when you're having a rotten day or maybe listen to or read what makes you smile? Life makes you smile because every day that I wake up and every day that I have a chance to breathe is an opportunity to smile because people can go through life and not even be able to flex their muscles to smile. And the fact that I have the chance to wake up, open my eyes and take a breath of fresh air and put a smile on my face, that's yeah. enough for me. And that's great. <laughs> it's simple and so real. You know, I think I read a quote years and years ago and it was something like, what if you only had today what you gave thanks for yesterday. And it made me think, I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't given thanks for my taste buds ever, um, you know, or that my, my legs are coming to walk. I was like, I need to start yeah. being thankful for everything yeah. in my life um, because it is the simple things without health or vision or hearing or breath, you can't really yeah. enjoy all the other things. So I love that you said that. If you were to ever have downtime, which I know is rare for you, what do you do? What makes you just chill out? Well, I've taken a little bit of a backseat on my life right now, personally. Um, I enjoy bike riding. Um, so during this pandemic, one of the things that I was able to do is, is quite a bit of, uh, of uh, bike riding with my children. So that really, um, really enabled me to, um, to spend more personal time reading yeah. books. I love Pablo Coelho books, so they're truly nurturing. So I've kind of gone back again, to reading and rereading some of the stuff that I've already read. Mm -hmm. um, and just 
personal self-caring stuff for me, like something as simple as taking a bath or getting your nails done, getting your feet done. Oh my gosh, as hairdressers, we stand on our feet every single day. Right. And we got, we have to take care of these puppies, (laughs) these dogs, right? Um, (laughs) They hurt. They hurt. So just little things like that, that really uh, self-care. Funny enough that you say that I, I have tried so many times and I've been successful with a couple of like nice pedicures where I actually fall asleep, just sitting there in the chair and letting them use like hot stones and all the stuff they do on your legs. But I have to tell you nine times out of 10, they tickle and I sit there and laugh the whole time. So I'm like, it's not it. Oh, I wish I could enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But it's so gratifying. How would, how would anyone find you? How could they find you? Oh my gosh. So you can find me through Instagram at rsantana1 or on Facebook at full name Robert Santana. So yes, uh, or just Google my salon, Elements Hair Studio. So there's many ways. So I'm, I'm out there. I'm awesome. Out there. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure to link this uh, in the information below so that people can find yeah. you and see your work and just follow your journey of of happiness and family and all the great things. Um, I personally want to thank you for, for being the person that brings such great energy to the world and for being a friend to me. It's been nice to have someone like you that I could reach out to. Um, if, if I just need to say, Hey, or I'm having a not great day, I haven't had to do that to you yet. But even if, if I did reach out and I, it might've meant that I was having a bad day and I just needed your positivity. Yeah. So thank you for oh, that. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to throw that back at you. So thank you for that. So for those people that are listening, you've been that person in these dark times too, when I've said I need a hug and you've been there virtually to say, I'm here to support you and I'm here to give you a hug. So I just want to say thank you for that support. And for those people that don't know how nurturing and who you are as a human, I I tell them DMJ is the real deal. (laughs) You're very kind. Thank you so much for your time today. I know you were busy in the salon. I can't believe this time opened up. It was like serendipity. So uh, you're an amazing human. Thank you for being the light to this world that we all need. And uh, everyone go check him out. And until the next episode, everyone take care. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of More Than Beauty with Daniel Mason Jones.